With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And welcome in, everybody, to SEC Football and Beyond. Going solo today, I am Chris Landry, Neil McCready, my normal normal partner in crime here on this show. Every Tuesday and Friday at this time is out this week, out today, been out the most of the week with, um, he's out traveling. So uh, we wish him well and uh, safe, and he's expected to be back on Tuesday. So we'll catch up with him. I wanted to jump in this week uh, with so much going on. I uh, was not able to do my normal Scout's Eye podcast on Wednesday uh, and was not able to do the Landry football podcast on Thursday. Um, due to senior bowl scouting duties made my way back from there last night. So, um, we're going to do a double dip here. We're not going to be able to get to scouts. eye, but, but we're going to do the Landry football podcast after this. So two straight hours of me, we're going to do this show. And then we're going to take just a little bit of a break and, um, come right back top of the next hour and do the Landry football podcast. We're going to talk a lot of senior bowl in the second hour, we're going to take a look at the uh, what's going on, uh, you know, not just at the Senior Bowl, uh, but what are the other teams around the NFL that are doing, the 30 teams that are not in the Super Bowl. We'll talk a little bit about what happened in the conference championship games and what to look for in the Super Bowl early look there. So um, <clears throat> a lot of stuff going on. Also going to talk a little bit about how do you handle the Deshaun Watson situation or mess in Houston with the Texans. So that's next hour at the Landry Football Podcast. Here, we're going to delve into a lot of things. Uh, We've kept you up to date on everything going on at Tennessee from when the rumors started about Jeremy, the NCAA situation. Well, I'm going to get into some details of kind of how the whole thing played out with Danny White's search for a head coach, and she's uh, been an athletic director there just for a very short time, how that played out behind the scenes. Um, and how and why they decided on Josh Apple. And then we're going to talk a little bit about the Kevin Steele situation. And, you know, as it looks like he's not going to be retained and very few, I don't know if any members of the Tennessee staff is going to be retained. I'll tell why on that. And then kind of what's the situation? Why was Kevin Steele brought in and how that took place behind the scenes? We're going to talk a little bit about the senior bowl as well. Um, give, um, a little bit of an SEC slant on that. Um, I want to talk a little bit about where does the Tennessee program stand at this point um, in terms of ranking in the league. 
um, you know, we'll, and we'll have a little bit of fun with that. And uh, we're, of course, thankful to be brought to you by Blue Skies and Alpha Specialties. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, those folks uh, here in uh, uh, a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> also, uh, Jeremy Pruitt, um, finding a new home. Uh, the latest going on at Alabama. I want to make a note on that. Yeah, I do want to talk a little bit about uh, Alabama staff and what might happen um, you know, post signing day and what's happened to this, this, um, to this point, um, we're going to get into a little bit of some of the guys that are on my list. The, <clears throat> the unsigned group of guys, uh, we're going to, we're going to get into a little bit more recruiting stuff. Talk a little bit about the latest, um, coaching moves, uh, around, um, the, the league, the, uh, Ole Miss situation. Uh, got some news for your Ole Miss fans and relates to a potential spot on the Tennessee staff. We'll get to that. And uh, and Ole Miss has certainly uh, made some moves in their staff. LSU update there as they get uh, fill out there. Um, got the coordinator hired done. We talked about that on Tuesday, but we're going to talk about the remaining stuff. So there was just a, a lot of things that I wanted to get to today. And um, gonna gonna get to a lot of it um as much of it as we can um so we we uh, always invite you to join us and so in the comments uh, uh section over on um on twitch tv or on facebook just send us your thoughts send us your comments reminder that we are live you can watch us you can, if you listen to this show on podcast we really appreciate you doing that and the great thing about podcasts, right, is that you can listen to it anytime that you want, anytime it's convenient for you. If it is convenient for you to watch us live, we're live at 9 a.m. Central every Tuesday and Friday. You can catch us on Facebook, YouTube, um, Twitch TV, and Twitch TV is twitch.tv slash Chris Landry football, uh, and it'll get you there. So I want to start with the um, situation at Tennessee with the whole process of Josh Heibel getting the job and a little bit of the game plan um, and how kind of it played out. There's a lot of discussions about, well, this was planned all along. Danny White knew he was going to hire Josh Heibel. Uh, boy, how much, you know, and certainly looking at some of the uh, – performances by the Tennessee administration over recent years is certainly indicative of dysfunction, but well, why would you have a search firm? Why would they do this and end up with a guy that you already had? And this was planned all along and it was, everybody's got all those different thoughts and machinations in their mind. So look, it's, it's very simple in how it played out. When Danny White got the job, the one thing that he knew <clears throat> is that he could get Josh Heupel. The first thing in coaching searches, having been in um, in a bunch of these, it is, you know, something that you look at and you figure out going in who's attainable and obviously who you'd like, but who's attainable. Josh Heupel was a guy that Danny White liked. He trusted, he's worked with, this is 
a big mess at Tennessee from a administrative and an NCAA standpoint, a guy that's got very clean reputation that is going to handle things the right way. So all of that made Josh Heupel a, a, a fit. Um, we call it in, in scouting and in the draft, what's a player's ceiling, what's his potential, and what's his floor? What's the worst it could be? Well, in this coaching search, you try to find a ceiling and a floor. Um, I don't think people say it that way, but that's that's kind of how I've always described it in being involved in searches on on my recommendations on things is what's your ceiling, what's your floor. And Josh Heupel was the floor. It wasn't going to be somebody that, that they had to really worry about Josh Heupel um, not taking the job. People might say, well, wasn't Josh Heupel concerned about the issues at Tennessee and had questions? And of course. The, the advantage that Danny White had was that, look, Josh, I had the same questions. I just took the job five, six days ago. So there's a trust factor both ways. So that needs to be understood. It does not mean, and you would be incorrect um, if you said, well, this was planned all along. No, the part of, well, this is a plan. This was the fallback plan that was always there, I think. But there was some interest in trying to look at other people to gauge their interest and to see what it would cost and to see what they could provide. <clears throat> that didn't go very well, meaning there was interest in talking, but there wasn't a whole lot of interest in biting with the uncertainty of what's going on at Tennessee. The uncertainty leads to problems. The unknown is scarier than the known. You know what you got. You know what the problem is. You kind of know where you need to go to fix it. How do you fix something that you don't know exactly? You know it's bad. You know it's going to be bad. You don't know how bad it is. Um, that became an issue. I said this, if Tennessee was going to get a big fish or what people perceive as a big fish, it would require them to overpay. In free agency in the NFL, bad teams have to pay more money because the only reason why you're going to want to go to a team that's not one, that doesn't have a history of winning, is they're going to pay you a lot more money. Okay. Well, Tennessee right now is that team, and in a coaching world, if they're going to go and try to have a chance to land the big fish, they're going to have to give like lots of years on the contract and guarantee lots of money. Now, I, I think they did float some money out there, more money than they're going to pay Josh Heupel to people. Was it enough, and was that just rebuffed? Can't tell you that for certain. I'm not, not being caught. Don't know, because you – Hear things here, there, but verifying that's difficult. The reality is the comment by Danny White, only on it had one guy, only offered it to one guy. That's technically true. You never off the, offer the job to anyone in a coaching search, except the guy that takes the job. But it's kind of a it, – it, when you are talking to folks and you talk to several folks – 
Yeah, you 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 are gauging interests without offering the job, and you know whether somebody is interested, and you know truly how interested they are in you. You know that. You know that. You figure that out through the course. So you don't have to, quote-unquote, offer it to certain people um, in order to have them kind of repel a little bit. Um, I use this as an example. Guys go out in the bar and they may not ever get to the point where they ask the beautiful girl to dance. If she gives you that back off look, that's the same thing. Okay. So I'm not trying to be cute. That's kind of the reality of it. So they didn't have a lot of success and, and we could debate as to whether they should have done this or should have done this. Now, let me just say this. There's a lot of motion for James Franklin. I'm not a big James Franklin fan and I would not have paid, would not have even gone on the path. I would not have been interested in him. Um, but James Franklin is always, no one pimps himself out more than James Franklin. James Franklin associates himself with every job to make it appear that everybody wants him because he's always looking for cover to because quite frankly, the, the people at Penn state, I think are not as thrilled with him as people somewhere else. So James is always looking, James is looking not for his next job, but he's looking for the job after that. That's James. I don't mean to be harsh, but that's just James. James did an outstanding job at Vanderbilt. He's a salesman and he can do a lot of things along those lines. Very well as coach hiring a staff, that's a hit or miss. And it's been hit or miss at Penn State. Um, and that's because he's not a great football guy or football coach. He falls into that category of guys that you you better hit on guys and you better be able to keep them. And so the whole talk of him, I don't know that that went very far, but at least it accomplished what James wanted it to accomplish. Um <clears throat> You know, there were some other names, nothing that's really substantiated. I really don't um, want to get into a whole lot of that because, you know, there's uh, it, it, at this point, this is where they are in who they got. The contract with Josh is a um, a six year deal for four million a year. But there's some escalators in that, meaning are some stipulations is the best way to put it in that it could go up to seven years. If the NCAA infractions reach a certain point of scholarship limitations, really the, the, the bar is eight. If it's more than eight a year, then he can go get another year in his contract, which is a way to, so even he's got some built in, um, you know, um, ways to make some money so they they even had to do that with him even with the background and look why not i mean if you're josh um you know you're not making a ton of money but you want some security and the best i can say about josh with the job is i think he can bring some stability if you think about the tennessee job they've been disasters Derek dooley was pretty much a disaster. Jeremy Pruitt was pretty much a disaster. Butch Jones, for all the gruff he gets, had some success. 
not good enough, obviously. And at times it felt like a disaster. At other times, not as bad, but not good enough. Lane Kiffin was only there one year. Um, there's been a lot of bad. The one thing that Josh Apple can give is stability. Josh is not a great recruiter. Josh is not a great coach, but I think he's solid. And I think as a offensive innovator, he's more than solid. He's actually good. It doesn't, it's not a snap fix. Anybody thinks that they're going to average 40 points a game in the SEC next year. They got a lot of long way to go to get personnel that can even come close to that. But so the best I think this can be is a stabilizing force. I don't think we're going to see any NCAA problems that, you know, Lane Kiffin had NCAA problems in his one year at Tennessee. Um, there were, you know, certainly a, a big issue for Derek Dooley uh, didn't hurt. I mean, didn't help the fact that he was not ready for that job and yet he was saddled with that. Um, this is going to be the situation with Josh. I, I think Josh can be a better, have better results than Derek Dooley, but not a guarantee. Honestly, Derek did some good things at Louisiana Tech. Not great. Josh Heupel wasn't at Central Florida very long. And as I said on Tuesday, didn't do as good a job at Central Florida as Scott Frost did. So it wasn't like, boy, he did a great job. He's a great coach. The best I think they can hope for is stabilization. And quite frankly, if they could do that, and if they could not have the up and downs to where they're completely disjointed and lose to Georgia State and things like that, you know, get to the point where they can be competitive, can be competitive. I think that's the best you can hope there. Kevin Steele. People have asked me, what the hell was Tennessee thinking? And I've explained this, but I'm going to go over it again. Because as it appears now that Kevin Steele is not going to be part of this staff. And and obviously, it's $900,000 that's basically been promised to him by Tennessee. Now, that can be offset if he gets another job. But Kevin might be an analyst somewhere to where he can avoid the offset, keep the 900 grand from Tennessee. By the way, that's somewhat offset by what's going into Vanderbilt. That's a, that's a story of its own. Why did Tennessee do this? This was stupid. Uh, this was malpractice. Well, there's no question that Phil former has made um, a lot of mistakes at Tennessee. And, this certainly kind of is another example and, and costly financial mistakes would the money he's cost them um, in buyouts and backstabbing. And then the money that they've had to pay him, it's ridiculous. And now the money cost them with Kevin Steele's a lot, but let me just at least explain why Kevin Steele was hired. And I mentioned this. So as the NCAA investigation was going on, there was a real concern about how this was going to play out. You know, if they didn't have a case to fire Jeremy Pruitt with cause, then it's a completely different situation. Maybe don't even make the move because they're not paying him off the money. Now, I still say 
there's going to be a settlement. And the reason there's usually always a settlement, is, oh, they're not, Tennessee's not going to pay them a penny. Okay, that's fine. They're going to pay the lawyers a lot. And Jeremy Pert's going to pay the lawyers a lot. And, and eventually both sides are going to say, okay, look, we're going to spend a, a sizable amount with lawyers. And what if we don't win? Then it makes more sense to say, you know what, let's do a settlement. And that's why this settlement's usually made. But the reality is when they were in the middle of the investigation, they started to think about what ifs, what if, and I appreciate all your comments there, and I'm going to get to them in a second. The reason why they looked at Kevin Steele is, is maybe a bridge, maybe an answer. Philip Former was the guy responsible. He was the one, remember it was a hiring freeze and Philip Former was the one that suggested that they hire Kevin. Because he would be somebody they could turn to as an interim coach, maybe as the full-time answer short-term. Um, and if for some reason the investigation turned out differently, perhaps somebody that could help Jeremy. So if they were to say, look, Jeremy, you know, we're going to give this another year. And we've got Kevin in here to, to come in. For all the bad decisions that they've made at the time when they made this, there's some merit to it. Okay, um, because they're not paying him tons of money because Auburn is paying him a lot of money. So they got him on the cheap. What backfired is the fact that, okay, they went out, they hired an athletic director. And remember, the search firm that they paid like 125 grand for was to hire an athletic director and help with the head coach. Remember, these search firms – don't do what people think the search firms are there to do background checks and to do other things that are, that have investigative arms that take you out of the process. People think a search firm says, well, they find, they, they hired it. No, that's not what they do. I do a completely different thing. I don't do any background checks. I don't have any background in that, that world. What I do is provide, football analysis on prospects, coaching prospects and whatnot. Th these guys do different things. So the search firm stuff is a little bit different than people think. But the concept of Kevin Steele being somebody they could turn to at the time has some merit, but now it's like everything else that Tennessee's blown up in their face. It's, he's not going to be there. He's going to be gone. And depending on what Kevin does, and if there's any offset, Tennessee's on the hook for paying him. So, and we all know that everybody's dealing with a loss of a financial situation. So it's a, it's a big time mess um, for Tennessee. Uh, but that is the reason why it was handled. Let me get to some of your thoughts and questions and really appreciate it. Um, Rich uh, asks, uh, Chris, what is the deal with Deshaun Watson, the reason why he wants out? We'll get to that next hour, Rich, because we're going to – I'm, I'm going to address that. We want to get to some other things in this show. We appreciate it. Joel uh, – and we appreciate Joel joining us. Uh, new, Fresh new name. Thanks, Joel. 
Uh, LSU hires two coordinators that have basically never called plays or installed and coordinated before. In your professional opinion, how much risk has Orgeron put himself going into this season? Jolie's put him – the situation is not who he hired, is who he could hire. As I said through the whole process, and this is the difference, again, between being in the football profession and being the local media, which local media in any local market – you know, is fed what the local team wants you to believe, okay? So, defense coordinator, they're going to go hire the hottest young guy, Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati. Well, no, they're not. And no, it's not just, well, his wife didn't want to move to Baton Rouge. She wanted to be in the Midwest, and he wanted to go to Notre He wanted to go to Notre Dame. He is a Midwest guy. There's legitimacy to that. That wasn't the overriding factor. The overriding factor was the lack of stability at LSU. Look at the LSU situation. Look, from the outside looking in, you think, they just won the national championship a year ago. We were celebrating them as maybe one of the greatest teams of all time last year at this time. But you have to understand and look deep behind what's happened there. We've had two in the last year, Scott Lenahan and Bo Pelini, coordinator hires, one and done scapegoats they're the problem got to move on matt canada a couple of years ago these are not bad coaches matt canada is the new offensive coordinator of the pittsburgh steelers i'm not saying that it wasn't his fault that he wasn't culpable in the problems that he had and ed had they're, they're two sides in a divorce right okay and, and I'm, I'm not here to take that there is a personality conflict that was coming to a head and by god I knew Matt for years. I know Ed for years. I saw that coming like too damn, you know, I could see that coming. Like you ever been riding behind a truck on a highway and you see a vehicle trying to change lanes and you know, somebody's coming that's behind you and you're saying, Oh my God, I see a head on collision coming and a damn thing I can do about it. And you're trying to do what it, that's what it was before the hiring of Matt Canada. That's what I tried to do also before the hiring of Bo Pelini. I knew that was a disaster waiting to happen. There's some knuckleheads in the LSU administration that were there when Bo Pelini was there under Les Miles, and they couldn't figure out that Bo Pelini and Ed wasn't going to work. So my point is that job became there's a lot of question marks about the stability. I don't know that this is edge going to be the last year. I, I think LSU will be successful enough this year to where, you know, we won't have all people, but I can't say that for certain. And if you're a really good coordinator that has a lot of experience, you've got other options. You're going to ask a lot of questions and maybe that job of being a coordinator at LSU is not as good as before. And let's remember that Joe Brady was a big-time success. That was a Steve Ensminger push. Got to credit Steve Ensminger. I mean, I, I know I talk with Steve. I've known Joe. I've known the, the folks at the Saints for a long time. Steve Ensminger said, Ed, this guy's got something. And because he came in under Steve, remember, he wasn't brought in to be the coordinator. He became in to help, and boy, did he. 
but you got a lot of not successes there. And so that is a, you know, so yes, you take chance. Well, who's he going to get? I mean, he went in, you know, the Ryan Nielsen story. Okay. It's couched as he wanted the LSU job. Yeah. I think Ryan did want to be coordinator. I think he's really happy being with the saints too. If he really wanted that job, I can just tell you from the inside that could have been arranged how Ed handled it. And ultimately some of the stuff that wasn't said publicly, Ryan is kind of protecting Ed because he knows Ed likes him. And I do think he truly would like to be a coordinator and would have liked the LSU job and would have taken it. I think he, I'm telling you, I don't think I'm going to say this. I'm telling you talking with him. He understands that his future is better. His professional future is better attached to Sean Payton than at Orgeron. So when you say he's had risk, yes, but you're not going to get guys that are more proven. So the LSU for people who don't know what's happened. Um, they obviously made their coordinator hires. We've talked about that and something that I think is important um, to bring in and, and the fact that uh, Durante has not been um, a play caller and coordinating is, is, is something that's relevant. The, the other LSU news I'm going to tell you about is uh, Andre Carter, um, who was with the Jets this past year. And again, not uh, Andre's had some good experience. Um, and, and Ed knows him from recruiting back in his days, played at Cal back in the day. But right now he's looking, doesn't have a job. And so he's now the D-line coach at LSU. Um, and then uh, Blake Baker, who was under a lot of fire as defense coordinator at University of Miami, is now going to be the linebacker coach. So that's the step. Doesn't mean that it won't work. It doesn't mean it won't have success. But hopefully it gives you an understanding of why it's those guys. And why is it not somebody better? Why is it not somebody more accomplished? That's the situation going on. Spartan Martin says, Chris, you started a trend with Twitch. A lot of other sports channels have started platforms on Twitch after your success. I don't know about that, but we appreciate that. Um, UCF regressed at alarming rate. Well, a good bit. Hey, Grind joining us. Good morning, Grind. Um, and good morning, Ronald. Um, Spartan Barton asked, do you think the AD higher at Tennessee was good, greater average? I think it's good. Uh, maybe great. Danny White's a really good administrator. Again, if you say, well, I don't like that higher Josh Heupel. Okay. I get it. You're dealing with what you're dealing with. He's Again, if Danny White, let's say Danny White just got the Florida job, AD job. Let's just say for whatever reason that opened up and he moved to Florida and Dan Mullen was moving on. Josh Heupel wouldn't be the head coach at Florida. He could, he would have gotten something better. The Tennessee job has regressed because of its circumstances. I think he did a good job. With it. I don't know that this is the best hire. I, I Maybe I'll get into it another time. I would have done things a little bit different. Uh, but he wanted to put his stamp. I think we're going to have to define how good of a job he's going to do. Just because he's done some good things in the past, um, it doesn't mean they'll be good in the future. I, I think the least impressive hire that Danny White's made 
was Josh Heupel at Central Florida. And he's hired him again at Tennessee. Because I think there were some other options at Central Florida that to me would have been better because that program in that league with their success coming off with Scott leaving to go to Nebraska, the 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 uh, launching pad job that it was, I think he could have done a better job than Josh, but he he did a, a he did a, a a nice job, and um, I don't know that Josh. Let me put it this way: I don't know that Josh was on the short list to move up from the group of five. He's certainly not regarded what a what a Luke Fickle is. Luke Fickle wasn't coming. And they made that call. I can tell you Tennessee made that call. And they called and and that that just wasn't wasn't a good situation for Luke or, or or any others in this situation. So I think Danny's a good administrator, but fundraising, coaching hires are what athletic directors are known for. And fundraising, eh, kind of people that's behind the scenes, it's coaching hires. Um, was an interim coach even necessary with them not going to a bowl? Uh Yes, I'm talking about interim. I think that absolutely in my mind, again, if you're talking, well, I'll just go into it now. Here's what I would have done. I would have hired Kevin Steele right now, short term. And I, because this would have allowed me time to get through some NCAA issues. and. Next year, I think this job in a year is going to look better because and people say, oh, you're going to know about the NCAA. Yes, that's exactly right. You're going to know. And again, the known is better than the unknown. I would have probably pan Kevin, readjust it, give him a short-term deal. And I think Kevin could have stabilized things because Kevin's, you know, got a background there. I think that they just didn't want to have anybody associated with Tennessee. But remember, Kevin is a Tennessee guy, but had nothing to do with what Jeremy is doing and all that. Just because he knows Philip and Philip hired Jeremy doesn't mean that Kevin was there for any of the problems. I would have in their situation not being able to get some of the top tier guys. What I would have done is put Kevin in a stabilizing situation um, and, and I would have removed the interim tag, you know, basically what I'm saying is interim wrong term. What I mean, interim is I would have given him the job. Let's see how it handles in the year. Look, the best case scenario, he does a good job. You, you kind of take it a little bit further. Um, if he doesn't do a good job a year from now, you're able to, because of timing, because it's so late now, and you know, I think you could have gotten in a better situation. Here's the other thing, and I'm not saying they would have wanted to do it, but if you wanted to make a run at somebody that you didn't feel comfortable making a run at now, you might have been able to do it a year from now. I, I give you an example. Uh, my partner here, Neil, called me, if you remember, um, when Matt Luke, you Ole Miss fans was an interim. And he said, I, what do you think about this guy? That I said, Neil, it's, they're going to keep Matt Luke. 
Why? Well, because A, he was an Ole Miss guy. B, if you can remember, there was some going to be NCAA issues, some unknown, some have an idea. Matt was a stabilizing force. He wasn't the long-term answer, but he's an Ole Miss guy. He could could steer him through the rough waters. And what's the worst thing that can happen? Well, first of all, the best thing that can happen is maybe he does a really good job better than anybody thinks. If he doesn't, then you move on and the job is better. I, I think the Ole Miss job was more attractive in this last hiring cycle than it was when they put – um, Madden in that situation. I think it's a similar in that. Um, still was to be a bridge coach if they whiffed on a coaching search. Well, <laughs> you, you, you're missing the point, Ronald. Steel was hired by Philip Fulmer and given permission by the athletic director before they hired Danny White. Danny White, if you want to say some people think they whiffed in the coaching search. I don't know if I would agree with that. Okay. The new athletic director, Danny White, wants kind of a clean house and have his whole thing in place. Steele was the guy that can be the bridge coach. He would be the answer for the current administration. Philip Farmer didn't retire. He was run out. Okay. Because as they uncovered all the stuff, the NCAA stuff, they – publicly didn't admonish Philip Fulmer like they did Jeremy Pruitt. But by pushing him out, they were saying, no, 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 we don't, we don't want your opinion anymore. We don't need it. We don't, but they did it in a way of here's your buyout. Here's your retirement. But no, so yeah, it, it still was an option for them. And it was talked to, the, the higher-ups at Tennessee as an opportunity. He was an interim from like a month. No, he wasn't an interim grind. He was Kevin Steele's um, – yeah, I think you're missing the point there, but go back and listen to it. Steele getting 900K from Tennessee for one month of work. That is correct. Uh, less than that, actually. And 4-1 from Auburn. Well, he doesn't uh, – yeah, it's, he's, that's exactly right. 4-1 from Auburn because he had $5 million from Auburn. So it's it's uh, offset from that. Uh, Oklahoma looks like they might have a national championship run next year. They feast it off of UT transfers. They'll be really good. True, but you could have did a regular search without naming him the interim, and if the search ends with Kevin Steele, the name him the head coach. Grind. I'll say this again. I, I don't know how to say it any better. Uh, maybe I'm doing a bad job of explaining. They hired Kevin Steele. Because Philip wanted Kevin Steele as an opportunity to have somebody that they could put in that position, interim, full-time, all that was in play. When they find out, found out more of the information with the NCAA and how Philip was maybe negligent in certain things, he was out. Danny White came in, and, and the whole thing is different. So you're, you're messing up the timelines there. Um, um, let's see here. Uh, watching. Okay, let's see. Kiffin, Coach Circus are on. Gotcha. It's almost a loss. Okay, gotcha there. 
we'll see where we are. Guys are talking to one another. Any other questions? Um, da, 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 da. Okay, basically, all right. All right, the players, they got you. Okay, so we appreciate you guys joining us there on that. Um, we got some old Miss and 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 Auburn talks there. So I uh, want to get into a couple of other things, and and certainly willing to address any questions that you have. Uh, maybe LSU could get a few more analysts. Cuss, bus, maybe planes. Yeah, we'll we'll see on that. There's no question. Uh, was Kevin Steele direct conspirator against Gus or was it coincidence? No, Kevin is not a bad guy. Uh, I know people have said that he was, uh, look, Kevin Steele was the biggest reason why Auburn had success under Gus. The defenses at Auburn have been talented, have been guys that Kevin recruited, Kevin developed. And if you look at Auburn's success, upsetting of Alabama a couple of times. Um, and I know there are circumstances. The biggest reason for Auburn success has been their defense. And Kevin's done a really, really good job. Kevin's also a good guy. Now, that's why the Auburn folks, a lot of the boosters wanted him. Now, people look at it as sinister, but they wanted a guy that, here's the guy that recruited the defensive players. Here's the guy that coached the defensive players. And we've been a defensive team. Gus is the offensive guy, wasn't involved with the defense. That's why they thought, and they're right, Kevin's a better coach than Gus. Gus will get a, some of the credit for the work that that um, that, uh, that 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 Kevin did. I, I don't. I think the real weakness with Auburn has been their offense under Gus. So all these people that say, "Boy, hire Gus and do this and great offense," no, no, not not that at all. Um, We'll get uh, – Jeff says, what do you think the Saints look for as the quarterback to replace Breeze? We're going to get into that a little bit more there. Um, they'll certainly look in the draft. If you have assistant coaches, um, uh, situation in trouble, do you think Mullen will keep Florida? I think Mullen will be in good shape there, no question about it. Um, so, absolutely. Uh, yeah, Blaine asks, is the defensive line coach at LSU – Field, yeah, it's uh, it's going to be um, Andre Carter. Uh, look, I'm going to knock on wood here. That was unless here's the issue. Andre has been looking for an NFL job, hasn't been able to find one. We just all got back from the Senior Bowl. Um, he's agreed to go to LSU until uh, a contract signed. Blaine, we've been on that road before. I think I just explained the, the situation at LSU, so we'll see. Um, <clears throat> so we'll see where uh, that'll uh, that'll go there. All right. Um, some other thoughts about um, the Tennessee situation. Where's the Tennessee job rank in the SEC right now versus historically? You're looking at the best jobs in the league. There's no question – that Alabama has to be ranked there. Now, I do think that Florida, in terms of the the locale and and the resources, but they haven't done as good, nearly as good a job of focusing on facilities like to the degree Alabama has. Alabama's facilities are great. You can make a case that Georgia is as good as any. 
they are in a very fertile state and outside of Georgia Tech don't have I mean they've got competition and people coming into recruiting but those are three elite LSU's a really good job that's the only school in the state um Texas A&M people will talk about A&M and you get this from Florida State fans all A&M is not a good of football school no it's it's a better job than AM because at Florida State, they expect you to win championships, and yet the facilities don't really match it. Now, you, you are in an easier ACC, but AM, what makes AM a great job is that they haven't won championships there. So if you go there as a coach, the expectations are to make strides towards that and they want to win one but they don't have the expectations as some of the other place and yet they've got the resources to do it see how a job is perceived only matters how it's perceived in the eyes of candidates doesn't matter what a fan thinks because you're not a candidate for the job i mean you might think it's and you know so when i bring up the rankings it's based upon dealing with coaches and dealing with in the profession and the coaching profession of which I'm in is which one is, is the most appealing, you know, Auburn is certainly appealing, but your second fiddle to Alabama. I think Tennessee's dropped down to that next level, you know, historically certainly better than a South Carolina or an Arkansas, but you're dealing with more problems. Now you've read out of that problems. I think you move up into that first tier Arkansas is a place that's had a lot of success back in the Southwest Conference days, a lot of money and facilities, but Arkansas is in a tough spot being in the West. So you got Alabama, you got LSU, you got AM, you got Auburn. Pretty tough. I mean, you look at Arkansas, that was a team that, that was a power in the Southwest Conference. You know, it's right there with you know, Texas. And remember back in those days, Oklahoma was in the big eight, you know, you can be really good and have a lot of potential, but it's kind of like, you know, a golf tournament. You can be two shots back, but if you got eight people in front of you, you got to climb over five, six, seven people to get to the lead. Whereas if you're second in your eight shot backs, and you make eagle and somebody makes double bogey, you're right in the, you're right in the game. You don't have a whole lot between you and, and the top. That's where Arkansas is now. Then, then you got, you know, Ole Miss and Mississippi State, Missouri, Kentucky, and Vanderbilt by themselves. But I, I do think it certainly, uh, certainly had a, uh, a job. Um, some news. So there was a lot of talk about Jeff Levy possibly leaving Ole Miss to go to Tennessee with Josh Heupel. I'm told that's not going to happen. Folks, we hard to speak in absolutes. Things can happen in a moment's notice and change in a moment's notice, but it does not appear that that's going to be the case. Uh, Josh Heupel will bring in largely Central Florida staff, as we've mentioned. Ole Miss did hire. Um, he's going to hire Randall Joyner as their run game coordinator and, and defensive line coach. Good young coach. Remember, gosh, I remember Randall's player at SMU. And a uh, good hire there. What else did I want to get to that 
we didn't get to. I think we kind of covered. Oh, um, we did talk about. Um, well, real quick, Jeremy Pruitt. Um, we've got this, and if you want to keep updated, good update on all this stuff, we have in our coaching search notebook at Landry Football. We try to put stuff on Twitter too, but you can get all the updates over there. Jeremy Pruitt going with the Giants, familiar face there. Um, of course, you know, work with uh, Joe Judge. Um, you've got uh, Burton Burns and Freddie Kitchens that are over there. You've got um, Kevin Shear. Craig Fitzgerald, all guys that he's familiar with, uh, as well as Derek Dooley, ironically still on the staff, which I don't have a background with him, but certainly knows him. And um, so that's where Jeremy Pruitt's going. The Alabama staff obviously completed Robert Gillespie. Uh, Jay Graham has added really two good recruiters and two key spots. Your running back coach and your tight end coach need to be great recruiters, recruiting prowess needs to come from those positions and with Doug Marone and uh, Bill O'Brien as uh, offensive line coach run game coordinator and, and, and offense coordinator uh, those are keys uh, look at the defensive staff maybe some tweaking some additions uh, we'll see if anything changes after signing day um, so we can go into that. Hey, want to tell you, want to thank a couple of folks. I want uh, to get into some more stuff and get into some more of your comments and questions. Want to talk about um, some other things um, on the list here. A little bit of senior bowl talk, but want to tell you about our great friends at Blue Skies. Um, they're fast. They're fresh. They're friendly. Through a thoughtful layout and cleanliness of their stores, Blue Skies brings their customers a fast and easy buying experience. From service to products, Blue Skies plans to keep things fresh and always provide the freshest flavors of the brand name products and best services available. They even bring in some of the newest products on the market in their stores to provide an even better customer experience. A smile can say it all, and that's what they do at Blue Skies. They want to show their customers that they care about them, and their shopping experience, they will always strive to improve their efforts to accomplish exactly that. So check out Blue Sky today in any of their 48 store locations across the Southeast. Folks, we could not do this show if it wasn't for great folks like Blue Sky. So check them out today and tell them that we sent you. Also, so proud to have Alpha Specialties involved with this show. Located at 1670 Highway 80 in Pearl, Mississippi. They are your trailer-specific professionals. If you want to haul, they can call it. Alpha is a premium trailer dealership in Mississippi. They can load trail, the premium brand trailer, the highest quality utility equipment, dump gooseneck trailers. They're being built today, fully primed and power-coated. Load trailers, um, load trail trailers come with an industry-leading three-year warranty and a two-year Roadside assistance, that's big there. Alpha Specialties also has Hallmark cargo trailers, one of the more quality cargo trailers on the market, perfect for hauling goods to markets and shows, ATVs to deer camps, hauling race cars, and more. Alpha can even work with third parties to have gamely trailers and concession trailers built. For podcast listeners, listen to this. Alpha has spare tires and wheels starting at just $100. That's hard to believe. 
Alpha has full selection of trailer parts and accessories, hitches, winches, straps, and more. They also do all types of truck accessories. Listeners can also get 10% off a yearly trailer service and inspection at Alpha Full Service Shop. They can repair all types of trailers, concessions, harsh utility, enclosed goosenecks, and RVs. Give them a call, 601-932-9798, or check them out at www.alphaofms.com. Make sure you tell them you heard about us right here. Again, that's 601-932-9798. Or check them out at www.alphaofms.com. Can't tell you how much we appreciate those folks being a part of it. This show here, um, Senior Bowl. Uh, Going to get into that uh, coming up here more in the next show. Um, at 38 players invited from the Senior Bowl, um, of course, um, Landon Dickerson can't do anything, but was invited. Uh, Georgia had eight. Uh, we've got over at LandryFootball.com. I've got for you scouting reports on every player every day of practice, so you can get the full details there. Uh, Georgia had eight. Um, Florida had four. Uh, and again, Alabama seven kind of led the way there. Uh, interesting because I do think that one of the guys that, uh, in my mind, helped himself a great deal is the center guard from Wisconsin Whitewater, who I've looked at three tapes during the course of the year on, but Quinn, uh, Meniris, um, was the guy that replaced Landon Dickerson and really helped himself a lot. Um, I remember telling folks about an offensive lineman from Hobart, a school in upstate New York, um, years ago and how good this guy was. And he had a really good, uh, all-star week. And um, he's now going to be starting in the Super Bowl against the Bucs. Um, some guys in the SEC that really stood out. There are a lot of guys that did. And, again, you can get the complete breakdown. I thought Larry Roundtree helped himself a lot. I thought Colin Hill, remember Colin didn't play this year, really was in good shape, did a good job. DJ Daniel did a good job for Georgia. Mac Jones was outstanding. Um, you know, Felipe Franks and Kellen Mann was about like I expected, a little bit up and down. Uh, like the Elijah Mitchell kid, have always liked him from ULM. Um, trying to think who else worth a mention. Got a lot of guys that uh, we're going to get. I thought Chai Smith is another guy that uh, should be mentioned as the guy that helped himself out a lot. But we're going to get into a little bit more of that uh, coming up. I want to make sure before we wrap up the day that I covered everything that I needed today. Uh, Let's get to some of your thoughts. Um, uh, Let's see. You guys are kind of talking to one another there. No question here. Uh, So we appreciate it. What was my assessment of Ivan Fears and Dante Skarnacki? Ivan, both were good. at Dante Skarnacki is one of the best um, offensive line coaches around, uh, Rich, with the – the Patriots all those years, but absolutely. Um, you know, those are some really some good thoughts, good questions. Shane Huey, Ronald Mathis, grind, rich coach, um, you know, uh, rock, uh, is involved as well as he always is. Um, uh, Spartan Barton being with us, Blaine Smith, good LSU guy coming in. Um, 
uh, Shane uh, Wichet King uh, was was really good. Wichet King was Lance Leopold, a serious candidate. Um, I think Lance would have done a good job. Didn't go very far there. Um, wasn't really pursued as hard as I thought he might be. I thought it would make a lot of fit. Um, anyway, um, so anyway, we'll get into more of the the information there. Really appreciate everybody joining us again. Um, Neil should be back with us on Tuesday out traveling this week. Uh, we're going to take a short little step away and then we're going to come back with the Landry football podcast. We're going to get into among other things, more senior bowl talk, a little bit what goes on around the league right now um, with uh, different um, teams that are not in the Super Bowl, what the Super Bowl teams are doing and, and kind of the situation that's going on with Deshaun Watson. So we've got all that coming for you. We appreciate you joining us on SEC Football and Beyond. Check out LandryFootball.com for all the latest. You can catch all the podcasts there. Get connection to this Twitch channel. Uh, also get all the detailed. Look, this is what we got as the games are about over now with just the Super Bowl. Got recruiting coming up. Didn't even get into that today, but we're going to have all have it on the website. A class of 2022 already. We've got a lot of film room analysis on all those top guys. What's remaining in the signing class? The latest on coaching searches in the pro and college level. We're working to get uh, all this stuff done along with the initial uh, draft board, uh, NFL free agency, uh, roster analysis in college in the NFL. It's it is a beyond busy time this time of year uh, for us over at LandryFootball.com. Uh, take advantage. i tell you what we did. We flipped it over. We've got a scouting season sale up for you. So it's for less than a magazine subscription. You can have access to your own scouting department. Um, go to LandryFootball.com today. Click on the right side. You'll see just right there how, how it is. You'll see for the latest news and updates. And then right now you see the scouting season offer. That'll get you really good offer. 50% off of our normal rate. Take advantage of that. Um, folks, it's it's less than $10 a month if you try it out. If you do it for a year, it's even cheaper than that. Uh, and you can get access to your own coaching and scouting department. Be on the inside of the college game, the pro game, and get the analysis from a coaching and scouting perspective. So check it out today. Check out the the great folks that uh, uh, Neil's involved with uh, uh, that uh, do such a great job covering the SEC and Ole Miss. So appreciate you joining us. Join us again, again Tuesday for SEC football and beyond. And stay tuned here in just a couple of minutes. We're going to get right on the Landry Football Podcast um, and talk a little bit more football with you. Thanks a bunch, everybody. Have a great weekend. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.